Welcome to Missouri Loves Company. I'm one of your hosts, Brock Wilbur. I'm Vivian Kane. This is our show about Kansas City, people in the Midwest, cool stuff that we see, uh, new lives, and uh, we've got some fun stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, don't want to jinx it, but I think accidentally we bought a house. Yeah, I wasn't sure. We didn't talk about this beforehand. I wasn't sure if you wanted to talk about that because we haven't closed yet. Right. But we're about halfway through making all of our inspections and our counter offers and everything, and it's it's a surprise that we, this happened. We don't have money, and as a joke, <laughs> yeah. we were like, you know what, interest rates are low. What if we just looked at some houses and uh, found one and made made an offer? Because we were like, what if? And it seemed like it was going to sell to somebody else. We don't have yeah. the money. And then they were like, uh, well, we're a family that's trying to get out in the next two weeks, so uh, sure, accepted. <laughs> and we were like, hold up, what just... Uh, Go back. And it turns out uh, any bank will uh, just uh, give any old asshole some money as yeah. a loan. So and like, what could possibly go wrong with that? Right, yeah. <laughs> so We'll come back to this in 30 years and see where we are. But uh, that might be happening. Yeah. So that's a, that's a real um, well, plant in the roots here in KC. I guess we're not going anywhere yeah, else anytime soon. We also, we, we looked at the house. We met with a, a realtor that had worked with Brock's sister. And she was a big fan of hers. And... Uh, so we met with her and we found the house a week later, which happened to be our two-year Kansas city anniversary from the day that you got here a day earlier. But the day I drove up with one cat and a, some boxes, uh, two years to the day, that's when we saw the house. And uh, we didn't have to tell our realtor anything about us because she <laughs> listened to all the episodes of this podcast. So she's like, oh, like, right, that story about that thing. And it was like... Oh, actually, so you like no. She'd only listened to like one or two episodes, so she was talking about our cat, and I was like, "Which one?" Like, oh boy, you have a whole journey to go on here with us. Uh, so yeah, there's that, uh, and uh, so that's uh, taken up a lot of our time. So if you've wondered why we haven't had an episode in a while, it's um, you know, this yeah, other stuff, other stuff. Uh, in, in the midst of this, we did find out that our realtor uh, did a podcast with a couple. Uh, that she was helping find a house for that were two white people in their mid-30s who loved board games and drinking and making podcasts. And I was like, do Is we have like, us? yeah, do we have to kill them? Like, <laughs> there can only be two. I mean, we're just going to do a crossover episode. Yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Anyway, uh, have a great episode coming up today. And our guest today is... Cynthia Fails. Hi. Try that one more time. All right. <laughs> Try that one more time. Cynthia fails. What is happening? <laughs> Do it again now. Cynthia fails. Do it again now. What is happening? The microphone is failing. There, yeah, oh, I would make I would make a as fails. Soon as you, like, it, did. Mic, it was fine. I was gonna make a fails joke because right. I'm sure you've never heard that before never at all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Cynthia Fails, thank you for joining us here today. You uh, bet. You have a history of uh, teaching every level of like school in Kansas City. I have, yes, uh, pre-K through college, which is kind of mind-blowing when you think about it, but yeah. In Are, that order? Is, uh, <laughs> well, I started with pre-K and kindergarten in elementary school students, and then, yeah, kind of in that order now that I'm thinking about it. What's the most annoying year? The most <laughs> annoying year... Uh, you know, I think that's probably, sorry to anybody that's in this grade right now, ninth graders. <laughs> Sounds about right. Because you think you're grown and you're really not. <laughs> that's probably That it. sounds about right. Yeah. What have you learned from teaching across the entire spectrum? Um, teaching, regardless of the grade level, is pretty much the same. You're really just meeting people where they are and helping them to advance. That's about it. So you uh, went from teaching and uh, got into uh, publishing. You have your own uh, 
some of your own books, uh, but mm-hmm. you you opened a company. Uh, tell me about the company and what it does. So yeah, Launch Crate Publishing. Uh, our entire goal is to help flip the publishing publishing industry on end uh, because I published a book and through self-publishing, thought that would be the way that I could um, make the most money off of my book. I did a lot of research. I looked at uh, the contracts, the average contracts that are out there for traditional publishing. And, um, you know, people are getting screwed over. (laughs) And and I didn't like that. And so I went through uh, what I thought was going to be a reputable company to help me publish my book and get it out there. And Turns out, once they got it to Amazon, I was receiving 14 cents a copy off of a book that I had written, illustrated, and done cover design for. So cover to cover, I took care of the book, and they were still taking a majority of the royalties on the book. And all they did was push a pile. So I figured there had to be a better way. So that's what we're doing, is uh, helping others get published and do so in a way where they can um, reap the rewards of the work that they put into their their books and... um, to do that for those who want to publish traditionally as well, what we've done is to flip the uh, royalties. So instead of 60-40 split, where 40 is considered great for an author, uh, they're getting 60% of the royalties, and we're keeping uh, just 40% for the publishing company to help us keep going and continue to make little impacts here and there. Uh, so you, you work with traditional authors, but you also help people like uh... – create memoirs especially people that like mm-hmm. you know somebody's grand grandfather grandmother like yeah you're near the end here and you're like you want to have something to pass down and so you put together books but also books that can feature stuff like integrated audio files from the the interviews and stuff like that and I find that yeah. wildly cool yeah. it's so awesome you know I started with my grandfather's story and it was just a way for um, there are 11 grandchildren and only three of us at the time that I started the project for him were in Kansas City and the rest I was like you're missing all of these stories <laughs> and so I wanted to find a way where we could capture his voice so that they could still get the stories because you can read all day long transcripts of, of uh, people's stories or you can read um, a book and think that you know someone but it's different when they tell it in their own voice and so that's what we did with my grandfather and it was wildly popular with uh, folks when I would go out to book festivals and show them we sell out of the copies that we brought with us, and everybody mm-hmm. always asked, uh, how do I do this for my family? And so we've started doing that for other people's families. And mm-hmm. you would be surprised the stories that I get to hear. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> a really fun stuff. Stuff that uh, the kids are usually like, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> my own father did that with one of the stories that my grandfather told. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge fan of audiobooks and my favorites are always um memoirs read by the authors mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. so that it's yeah it's very cool hearing someone read their own yeah. words yeah and you're providing it in like an, an an area and for a group of people that are not otherwise represented mm-hmm. uh is is that interesting is is that getting people's attention for doing that um you know i think <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> um, for the communities that I tend to serve, um, we tend to do a good job of promoting each other's work. And so when services like this come up, um, it to me it doesn't seem like it's anything out of the norm for it to be shared amongst the communities um, where I tend to, to mingle most. But 
um, for it to gain traction the way that it did after um, I presented in St. Joseph, Missouri at um, Cup of Joe, and they were just like eating it up. Now, that shocked me because I was thinking St. Joseph, Missouri, <laughs> I'm going to go up there and I'm going to tell them about it, and they're going to go, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. That they were, they had so many ideas of how I could continue to expand the service and offer it to more people. So. That's well, cool. no one wants to be forgotten, That's which is true. a pretty good market angle, That's especially true. to the people that would be the subjects of That's the books. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> where do you want this to go? What's the next step for it? What, what do you want it to be in the coming years? I think um, for me, if I could see LaunchCrate grow to a place where I could hire people in to do a lot of the work, because it's really just me. Uh, doing a lot of the work, the editing, the book layout, and all of that stuff. And when I need to, sourcing out other editors and paying them as well. Uh, but I want that to grow to a place where that becomes the norm and the standard, um, and that authors are inspired by what they're receiving at Launch Crate, um, and they're going out and pushing for that in uh, the big five companies as well. You know, I think. The more people you have moving the needle and setting something to a new norm, uh, the closer you can get to moving that needle from um, us being on the short end of the stick to us getting what we deserve. Is is the fact that it's just you, is that, I mean, so why, how is, how is your model sustainable in that sort of way? Like, is mm -hmm. it just because... I mean, I assume there's a lot of overhead, but also just the salaries that like maybe are would, yeah, being given be out at publishing houses aren't. Mm -hmm. Did you figure yes. out how to do this at like 50 cents less per page in some <laughs> way that no one else had cracked yet? Like what's no, your secret not sauce? Yet. <laughs> so, so a lot of times they're looking at um, in the traditional world, when you get the um, shared revenue, the percentage is coming off of uh, gross receipt versus net receipt, right? And what I figured out is that if you can do the percentage, flip the percentage on net receipts, the authors are still coming ahead, coming out ahead, hmm. um, as opposed to doing that off of, of gross receipts. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that is sustainable. It's not like you're it taking a loss is. here to do something No, absolutely not, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite part of Casey? <laughs> oh, favorite part of Kansas City. Um, I think, oddly enough, we're in the fall right now. And Kansas City during autumn is awesome because there are so many festivals. Um, you could have a music festival one weekend, followed by a book festival, followed by an art festival, all a few blocks away from each other. And then you get all the beautiful foliage that accompanies that as well. So I think it's like small town feel but big town amenities, well, big-ish town amenities. Yeah. <laughs> we, we just had Porch Fest in our neighborhood yeah. two weekends ago. And yeah, that was. <laughs> it was the first time that we'd gone. It was it was really cool. Yeah. It was also like one of those beautiful 65-degree days where yeah. when we're recording this, there's like a 60% chance that it's going to be our first snow overnight mm -hmm. tonight, which it's not even November, so... <laughs> I mean, fall lasted like two weeks two or something, weeks. Yeah. but it was really nice. <laughs> Tell us about your books that you've published. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, well, I started with a book about a Christmas cookie that wakes up on Christmas Eve on a plate meant for Santa. 
I can't wait to read this. It's so much fun. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a nightmare before Christmas right. sort of like yeah. Christmas horror story. It's like those M M&M and M ads where it's like, but they've got a voice and a face. Right? Somebody's gonna eat them. Gonna bite. Yeah. So that was the first book that I uh, wrote and illustrated, and then actually did something with. I've been writing since I was little, but this was the first one that I actually did something with, um, and it was all because my friend came over. She'd asked what I did that day. And I tossed her my notebook, and I was like, I wrote this. Uh-huh. She was like, well, how long did this take you? And I said, just like four hours. And so she's reading it, and there's so much emotion, and she's reading it, and she's like hopping on the couch. And <laughs> I was like, hmm, maybe I should do something with this. <laughs> so it was a period where I was in between uh, working with K-12 students and then before I went to work at uh, UMKC. And so I just dedicated my time to doing that, to illustrating it and figuring out the publishing uh, world. and Well, if you can knock out launch, a book every four hours, your right? yeah. publishing model here is going to work out. <laughs> that has never happened again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call that a fluke. <laughs> or maybe divine intervention. But uh, So that was the first one that I wrote. And on the surface is about this cookie that wakes up. But um, really it's all about having faith in trusting those little voices that are inside our heads. So... That's what that one is about. Uh, there's a sequel to that, The Christmas Cookie Returns. So, spoiler, I'm guessing yeah. he survives. He, uh, well, oh, well, or returns. Oh, no. yeah. Okay, never yeah, mind. Yeah, Don't, well, yeah. <laughs> you have to read it. Okay. <laughs> we'll but there is we'll a get the whole set. I like, need I, to know I, what happens <laughs> to the cookie. <laughs> so, he, there's a sequel. And um, I also have written, well, I've started a series of books uh, that were inspired by conversations that I've had with my mom growing up and just watching how she navigates through the world and uh, does so with grace in times where, you know, you, grace is not always what you would expect to see come out. Um, and so those are the Ella book series. And there are, well, there are three right now. And the fourth one is coming out November 5th. Um, so the fourth one is Ella and One Great Race. And that one's all about uh, the power of grit and holding on and not comparing yourself to others and looking at their journeys and um, really just fighting for yourself and what it is that you want. Do you think that we live in a time where there's not a lot of grace? Um, I, I, I don't know why I would ask. But. You know, <laughs> I think that's I think that's shifting. Um, and I think it ebbs and flows depending on um a lot of what you see in the political spectrum and right now specifically, um, you know, others are not necessarily receiving a lot of grace from our president. And so that's not being returned to him as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a nice way to say it. That, <laughs> is, that is way nicer than anything I could have said. Yeah. We are recording this the day after he was booed out of a baseball I know, game. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, there's not enough grace in baseball. <laughs> I'm, what I'm waiting for is like every time one of these things happens, the uh, people on that far end of the spectrum find something to boycott, like when they cut up all their Nike shoes or, right. or threw their coffee machines out the window. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how you boycott the the concept of baseball. Yeah. But they did do it for football. They did it for football, so, yeah. 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 <laughs> They'll find a way. Yeah. <laughs> It seems like they just have to keep giving up everything that they enjoy about life. You know, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's more for the rest of us. Yeah. (laughs) And we don't have to worry about those spirits while we're here. (laughs) What do you want to, what are you working on now? 
Uh, right now is focusing on launching the newest Ella book. And okay. then uh, we have two launch great authors who have signed on with us that will be publishing books in April. So getting their cover design set and the book layout set and getting ready to get them all launched out into are the you, world. Are you always out there looking for an authors? Are you... You know, they just kind of come my way. <laughs> <laughs> Turns We're, out people like having their books published. Yeah, right. It's so Weird. strange. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had any problems in that area yet, I should say that. <laughs> I do love that when there is a, a weird... Um, like a social uh, frown upon people that do self-publishing. And then mm-hmm. you look back at the history of like writing and like every one of those people was like self-published. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there was no other way to, to right. do this. So I'm like, oh, it's it's weird to take a crap on somebody for publishing a, a, their own book through Amazon. I was like, you're not, you haven't written any books. So right. that's at least <laughs> points there. <laughs> I know. And, and self-published books today look far different than yeah. self-published <laughs> books, even from 10 years ago. Yeah. 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 Quality is a lot better. <laughs> so we've been here for two years and okay. we're still weak. We could do better. We should do better about getting out there and like finding all of the different sorts of festivals, mm-hmm. like what you're talking about that, that we could. But like I had a I had a booth at um, a small comic book convention at the, the um, Plaza Library branch mm-hmm. like last year. So mm-hmm. the little that we've dipped into like the the library community or or the book community has just yeah. been fantastic. What festivals or any sorts of events can you recommend, especially upcoming ones, but like also just your favorites out of the year? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know that I have a favorite. Like there's so many that I don't know that I can narrow them down. Um, I've been meaning to get to Trustapalooza, but mm. I haven't been able to make it to that yet. And I saw a billboard for it, and it was the day after, and I was like, "Well, yeah. well." And then so they got close. they got rained out too, so there oh. was there was that. So <laughs> when I was gonna go, the forecast was really bad. Um, but I usually just Google to see what's happening in Kansas City and Google festivals and find something that's interesting that my husband and I haven't been to yet, and then we just head on over there and see what it's about. Sometimes it's a good thing, and sometimes. You're like, yeah, okay, we learned. We're not going back to that one. That was a thing we did. That happened. We've got a memory there. You have anything that you want to hit on? Okay. Uh, so we, we end every episode by asking uh, the guest, and, and we all give out a, a pop culture recommendation. Okay. Uh, can be something you've been cracking lately or something that's just always meant a lot to you. Right. Uh, I'm going to recommend this week um, this musician Lizzo. Uh, people don't know. <laughs> about yes. her yet but like i think you think she's things. going places I, well you will see we'll see i don't want to <laughs> put too much on the line but like uh yeah just been uh like listened to too much of the lizzo album and then took a break <laughs> and now back to listening to it full time i was like good so it'll just never run out for me so yeah. that's uh a good one also the bookmark uh the book smart soundtrack i uh, got that yes. on vinyl and that's been uh on constant play here uh and the band bastille did a cover of Green Day's Basket Case uh, for the soundtrack to Amazon's The Tick nice. that is all string-based uh, and is really gorgeous. And, uh, you know, check that out on YouTube. That's a that's a, a weird, interesting one. Viv, where can people find you online? Um, I'm writing at themarysue.com every day. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at Viv underscore Kane. Um... We've been binging so much lately. We finally made it through Succession. 
which obviously I recommend for anyone that <laughs> hates themselves and other people, um, which I think is all of us. Uh, but we've only watched one episode of it, but I'm really digging the Annie Wilkes season two of Castle Rock. Um, again, we've only seen one episode, but I'm excited to see where it goes. And so I recommend everyone watch that. And Lizzie Kaplan doing weird character yeah. work is always going to be good by me. Yeah. <laughs> so I could be very wrong. It could all fall apart. But I don't know. We liked season one up until the end. So that's mine. Miss Fails, where can people find you online? Uh, at CL Fails on Instagram and Twitter, which I don't use. So I'm, if you tweet me, it's probably going to be like a few weeks before I reply. <laughs> Any <laughs> websites? Uh, clfails.com. You can also find uh, Launch Crate stuff at Launch Crate on all the socials and launchcrate.com as well. And what's your recommendation for people this week? Raising Dion. Uh, that's on Netflix. It's stupendous. You got to check that out. Well, that's our night, I guess. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's been Missouri Loves Company. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Bye.